Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and I'm joined, as always, by my friends Cameron hey. and Bailey. Yo. And guys, we're in a new place. Yeah. 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 This is one of the audio rooms uh, brought to us by the good people of Oslo yeah, thank you, at Oslo. the library. Yeah. So we really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, the walls are corked. Mm. And our <laughs> suits uh, are comfy. We've yeah. got a metal pipe. Air conditioning. That's is a, a concrete thing. pillar. But a concrete <laughs> pillar? <laughs> I mean, whatever, however we want to describe it, I guess Same it's okay. Same <laughs> diff. Uh, Bailey, go ahead and praise him. Yeah. God Almighty, we pray that in this conversation, um, we would sincerely examine our efforts and our ministry, all the stuff that we've done up to this point, all the plans that we have in our brain, um, and that we would examine it in light of the wisdom and experience and everything we learned from our brother Todd um, just a few weeks ago. So, Lord, please be with us in this conversation. Help us to arrive at plans that look more like yours and less like our own. Lord, we love you. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, man. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, one of your friends on, Mr. Yeah. Todd. Mm-hmm. I think we're all on first yeah. first name basis with Todd now. Yeah, yeah. that's right. No, yeah, he's our friend too. Yeah, and uh, we had an awesome interview with him. He came in and kind of spoke into some of our questions and. Um, yeah, thoughts about missional community. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's basically the way you put it. Often is he's the world leading expert. Yeah, on he's the community. he's the dude. Mm. Yeah, so that was pretty awesome to have yeah. him on. And we uh, kind of just dropped that episode without really talking about it. And so we actually in private haven't spoken about like our takeaways from some of his answers. So yeah. this conversation we would normally have in private, we're just going to have right here. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Get ready, world. <laughs> right. Are we so, doing this? Yeah. You're making we're, it we're seem really this. exciting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, missional community, that's yeah. a pretty different church model than what we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Why don't you talk about that? Yeah. Sure, yeah I'm glad to. In fact, uh, I think I'll just sort of make a disclaimer right now, and that is to say that in describing missional community in positive terms and what we what we like about it, what we find exciting about it, why we think it's appropriate for the mission God has sent us on, it's almost impossible not to sound like we're criticizing other models mm, of church, right. especially the one that we have just come from. And so I want to make sure that everybody knows we are not doing that. So we are not in general criticizing other forms of church. There are forms of church which should be criticized and we're glad to we're glad to do. Yes. That is definitely not what's that, happening. Yeah. So mm. you'll hear some comparisons where we'll compare missional community favorably to the style of church that we're used to in general in California and and maybe some specific uh comparisons to the orchard. Please don't take those as us criticizing other church models, if we do that, we'll do it directly. And definitely not criticizing the orchard. But it's it's uh, tough when you have a conversation like this because it feels like, well, a couple of things. One is it feels like you're critical of sort of the spiritual family that birthed you. We are not doing that. We have mm-hmm. have nothing but love and blessing in our hearts for, especially for the orchard. Mm. Um, secondly, it's hard for it not to sound like uh, like a lot of young church planners where it's like, well, I'm heck with that guy. Mm. I'm leaving and I'm going to do it right. 
we're not doing either of those things, but, right. we, but we do think that missional uh, community, especially for the context that we're in, mm-hmm. is the appropriate church model and that there's room for lots of different models uh, in the church. Like the church is a big body and there's room for different ways of doing things. We think God has plenty of room for that. And this in particular is what really sort of animates us and excites our hearts. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, so I'll just say that. Please don't um, take this as criticism of any other church models. If we're going to criticize something, we just will. <laughs> yeah. we, won't, we won't do it the passive aggressive or between, between the lines kind of way. But please don't hear this as criticism, even when we compare what, uh, missional community favorably against um, either the way they do things at the orchard or the way that we're used to things happening in California or the American church in general. Yeah. yeah. And like we've talked about it the last few weeks, like when we were going through evangelism, like um, we were looking at the advantages of a church, like the orchard, like we're yeah. used to and the advantages they have versus what uh, missional community driven or like a church planning is what we were specifically yeah. talking about. Um, so I think like context is the key mm-hmm. word for us. Like that's what drives us to missional community for this environment. Um, and also Todd, I'm just going to steal his words cause I got a few quotes from him today, but I think he put it perfectly. Um, he said a missional community is a community of people that are committed to each other, committed to Jesus and committed to, and this was, like when he said it, he really yeah. emphasized this word. Mm-hmm. He said, "Committed to going." Yeah. Um, so going <laughs> to like the places where yeah. yeah, that was subtle. And then he went on going to the places where lost people are, not expecting the lost people to come to our buildings or programs. Going as a community to where they spend their time. Yeah. Um, so I think just like that emphasis is what we recognize is needed here. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be going out into the community, and we can't be like we. With Norway, like we've talked about, yeah. we just can't hope that people are going to show up at our doorstep. We have to go and lug them here. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, we have to, realistically, yeah. we have to win their hearts, which is the hardest form of lugging someone to church. Yeah, right, right, so, right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so to kind of comment on uh, some of the disclaimer stuff, we all come from like big churches, big mm-hmm. Sunday churches. And that's the only, so for me, I totally had no idea what missional community was. The first time I'd ever heard about it was mm-hmm. like I heard you talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, the only model of church I was ever familiar with was the kind that we're used to, yeah. and the, you know, churches that, um, I don't say this negatively, but kind of live for the Sunday service and, sure. and stuff. And so, uh, we're not critical, uh, uh that style at all. Yeah. We'd all know, Biblically faithful pastors and congregations who love Jesus, who are a part of those. Yeah. And we all, we all come from mega churches, mm-hmm. right? Like that's yeah. a classification. And I think that me- – so mega church receives a lot of criticism and I think a lot of it is undue. I, I don't think there's anything specifically wrong with call – it, call it a mega church. Like I, we're, we're not criticizing that at all. So mm-hmm. – but nevertheless, we, are, we do intend to do things um, pretty wildly differently from what we're yeah. familiar with, which is exciting uh, because it's new and because I think there's – that we have a lot of hope uh, in the model. It's also – Excite! It's also terrifying <laughs> mm-hmm. because we have lots of experience in inside that sort of. I say mega church again. It's hard. I don't mean. I don't. Yeah. If you're thinking critically, I'm, I don't mean that. <laughs> say it with a smile. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> mega mean that church. Thing. But I mean yeah. in the style of church we're used to, we are all very used to and uh, have a lot of experience um, leading ministry and doing things inside of that template. And we're kind of throwing that template out the window and doing something that's really weird and uncomfortable, but mm. all, but at the same time, like super super exciting and really yeah yeah. and like in our context if we were americans who sailed across the sea to norway then we started a mega church or like if that was our goal then just like that's the thing that we're Mm -hmm. criticizing like if we were to come here and do that then 
Like, we have the wrong idea. As though Norway hadn't figured it out. Like, they just didn't, they decided not to look at, like, well, man, no one believes in God anymore. Mm. Oh, shoot. (laughs) What they needed was uh, 10 Americans to come. Yeah, right. We could have just been doing it like that. And that's, um, I'm going to deviate slightly if you guys don't mind. But that's one of the things that's fun for me, (laughs) just personally, that I I realize over and over as we're here, is it feels like... um, like there are ways like like Norwegian borrows a bunch of words from English and they consume a lot of American media because America makes a lot of media and stuff. And so it's easy for me sometimes to feel like um, like we've influenced Norway. Mm, but then sure. I remember uh, Christians have been here for 1,100 mm, years. Yes. And there were, there were people speaking English in Norway – when there weren't, when there were zero white people in the United States, you know what I mean. So let's let's keep let's keep a little bit of perspective and maybe a little bit of humility that nice. that Christ Church has been here a lot longer than uh, the American Church has even existed, and uh, and hopefully that will come to bear as we as we proceed with the mission here. Yep, I love it. Uh, so after uh, having an actual expert on talking about missional community, uh, he. We talked for roughly about an hour, yeah. uh, so mm-hmm. it was uh, a lot to digest, but why don't we just kind of jump in with what basically were our takeaways yeah. from our conversation with uh, Todd. And I just got to say, I know that uh, Bailey has been mm. over the moon yeah. excited to talk about this, <laughs> so I have it in my notes. Make sure that Bailey goes first. <laughs> so yeah, good. You may go first, my yeah. friend. <laughs> I'll, I'll start with just a small snippet, but... Um, so three things I think Todd really emphasized um, were for missional communities. Um, these are like the foundations or the pillars or whatever. So one is being on mission. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is befriending the lost. And the third is surrounding with community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, I love those ones so much. <laughs> yeah. um, so just to kind of get the ball rolling, like I think the being on mission um, we've talked about that a lot with mm-hmm. evangelism and I think he had the exact same focus and like we were on the same track with him even before the interview. Yeah. Um, so his emphasis was every Christian needs to sense the personal um, responsibility and urgency of mm-hmm. evangelism and getting the gospel out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first one that was really new to us was befriending the lost. And for me, that one, um, increase the sense of responsibility even more. Yeah. Um, Cause Todd really made a point of it that uh, missional community members ought to be um, not just going and sharing the good news with people, um, but they ought to be literally making the like lost people, mm-hmm. their closest friends and like yeah. people who watch their kids and they, you know, go to T-ball games and all that with. Um, and for me, that just triggered like the thought of, my family members who are not followers of Jesus mm-hmm. um, and how much mm-hmm. like my heart automatically just aches for them. Um, so just to me, that was like gold. Right? Yeah. Cause if we have that as a mission um, or as a effort in our missional communities um, where we actually want to not just get the news to people, but make them our friends, even where they're at, like not yeah. make them Christians, then become their friends. Yeah like make friends of them and people we actually spend our lives with and invest in. Um, then it just like automatically my sense of urgency and responsibility for you getting to know the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, just goes up far more. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, so there's a lot of stuff going on there that mm. I would love to. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, I know it's so okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one, so one of the things that sort of is, is, is a balance in every Christian's life is the bit about being 
in the world, but not of the world. Right. And recognizing mm-hmm. that the church is supposed to be like an outpost of heaven in a place that is ruled by Satan. So how do, how do we do that? And so on the one hand, I think there, there, there are two, just like everything, you can, uh, you can fall into the ditch on either side of the road. And there's one that says something like, well, Jesus made friends with prostitutes and sinners and tax collectors and all these evil, wicked people. And, uh, the end. <laughs> like, that's the end of the story. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, well, no, that's not the whole... So, he did. Mm-hmm. And he scandalized the religious elite. So, I think that that's an important insight. Yes, he did. He made friends with people that, whom, if you made friends with them, you would scandalize the the elders of your community. So, I think that's very important. But that's not the whole story. Like, he made friends with them in order to influence them, bring about life change, um, teach them about the gospel, inform mm. them of their actual fallen condition, and give them the the call it the medicine for life. Right? He, mm-hmm. yeah. he gave them their the thing that would heal them of death. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the point wasn't just go make friends with hookers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely, yeah, do please that. do. So yes. that's so one side of the one side of the road you can fall into is the one that just says go make friends with sinners as though that's an end in itself. Um, then the other side is this this um, kind of temptation that Christians have to like gather up mm. inside our sanctuaries. Right. And uh, uh, my dad, Pastor Bill, you guys know Pastor Bill. Mm-hmm. My dad, Bill, it's so weird to call him that. Um, <laughs> he talks about like when Jesus says we need to be salt and light, like you can't, salt is not effective inside a salt shaker, right? Or if you've got salt inside the box and the label of the thing is like taped closed, mm. then that salt is doing nothing. It's, it's right. Yeah. It's completely, it's completely it's not ineffective. salting the salt. It's not salt. It's, he's not yeah. salting the world. Yeah. Right. And, and I think Jesus was, was careful and clever with that metaphor that he used. So the other thing we can do, and I think some of the churches that we're used to reflect that is we put all of our focus and importance on Sunday, where we're trying to do is sort of gather all the salt into the shaker in, in our, in our sanctuaries. Um, and you'll, you'll notice the church we come from calls it a worship center and not a sanctuary. That's deliberate mm. because we get cloistered up in our sanctuaries where we can get, we can get a little bit of rest from that evil, disgusting world. It's like, no, mm. no, 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 no. Like that's, that's not what we're doing in there. Uh, and so what we can do is, is I say live monastically, but that's not even what I mean. But <laughs> I, what we can do is say, we shouldn't be friends with those kinds of people. Make sure that, make sure that you have the right kinds of friends who are blah, because scripture has a lot to say about that too, that we mm. should, that yeah. we ought to be making friends with people who are wise and righteous because that's what it brings about in us. So there's a real natural balance that every disciple of Jesus has mm. to strike with wisdom and discernment. Mm. But I think sometimes we err too much on the let's be friends with church people on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And even though that that's not – that's like I've never heard that explicitly taught from any pulpit. But we see that so many Christians, especially in the United States and, and uh, maybe mm-hmm. especially in California – that's how they. That's how they live out their life as a disciple. So you yeah. explain to me what your discipleship looks like, and um, it's something like that. Right? It's, it, we talk about how involved we are in throwing the service on Sunday, and it doesn't extend into the parts of our life that matter, and it for sure doesn't extend into going and going and finding um, people where they're where they're at and making friends like like um, Todd said, go and make friends with sinners, go and find lost people and teach them the gospel and tell them the good news. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, that, that kind of part right there, especially that other side of the horse is kind of what um, one of my takeaways from it was how very different that this model of evangelism and church uh, sounded from the kind of social gospel stuff we were criticizing a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of, uh, to me, uh, maybe some people um, 
the distinctions like really nuanced to me it's like really clear as day mm-hmm. whereas on one side with the social gospel you got the people who just make the friends with sinners mm-hmm. and they never get to the gospel ever right. and their christian mm-hmm. identity is kind of hidden mm-hmm. and in 10 years they invite them over to a barbecue and they do it so when you say social gospel yeah. is that just a word you're using to to explain a certain phenomenon that you see or is that so, are there people who go no 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 i'm an advocate of the social gospel there are no advocates of the social gospel. <laughs> okay. So that's the former. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's it, when I describe it like that, um, it's like so obvious to us like why that what, – what the problems are. I think mm, I, said, yeah. I said that uh, in the episode. Like mm. as soon as I said it, I said we can obviously see the problems with that. Yeah, right? yeah of course. So there are no uh, explicit advocates of it. But it does, it, it does happen to be this kind of phenomenon that has developed over time, you know, with the – you know. I guess the suburb movement or whatever, <laughs> like people <laughs> yeah. who have neighbors and are Christians and mm-hmm. just think like, I really need to get to know them like on a really deep level before I share the gospel with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, on this missional community kind of style, what I see, like what Todd is talking about is that our Christian identity is explicit yeah, and we are explicitly like s- intentionally seeking out uh, deep friendships with sinners, people mm-hmm. who are not Christians, mm-hmm. but all the while, like they understand who we are. They understand that we want them to become Christians. Yeah. I think about the story that, that Todd shared. Do we remember uh, the woman's name? I cannot remember. No. Every, yeah. every time I bring it into my mind, I know I get the wrong one. Mm. So, I'm not so gonna... <laughs> he talked about uh, an experience. Some of you remember from the episode uh, of uh, a good friend of his who it took like, I think six years or something mm-hmm. like that, a couple years for her to come along. The difference between that and uh, the kind of social gospel stuff I'm criticizing is because uh, Todd's friend knew that they were Christians and knew that they wanted her to become a Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was still like, I disagree with you. I, I, I don't believe these things, but I still want to talk about these yeah. things. And uh, eventually, obviously, the Holy Spirit got a hold of her heart. Mm-hmm. So that is far and away yeah. a huge difference. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will take a couple years to grab hold of someone's heart. I might share the gospel with someone, mm-hmm. and it might take years for them, for their hearts to soften, mm-hmm. for them to you know finally put faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that we're giving, uh, like, the cure to their disease is not hidden. Right. Like, I'm not hiding mm. it under a bushel. Like, I, right. lo, I have it here. Listen, I'm I'm deep friends with, let's just insert a Norwegian name here, Bjorn, <laughs> right? I'm deep friends with Bjorn. Um, I've gotten to know Bjorn, but Bjorn knew after, like, the first week that I was a Christian and yeah. that was different. And uh, we talked about it, and he knows I want him to be a Christian. Yeah. But, he, you know, Bjorn's still coming along. And to me, that is... Um, uh, that's meeting people where they're at. That's not treating people like a project or like right. a sales mm. figure. Yeah, I was, was going to say that people can smell that. Mm-hmm. They can tell when you're. Oh, yeah. They can tell when you're when they're a project. When you're working on them, mm-hmm. and when you're mm-hmm. leading them somewhere, they're not really excited to go. Yeah. Well, my uh, a big dilemma. This is uh, uh, a little deviation, but not yeah. too far. Uh, dilemma that I've had uh, as someone who's been an evangelist is uh, when I got my first sales job, and mm-hmm. somebody said to me um, who knew I was an evangelist, uh, was like, Oh dude, you're going to kill it at this job. It's just yeah. like evangelism. Oh. And my spirit cringed just yeah. like yours did right, just mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, and gross. it cringed inside <laughs> of me. And I was just like, Oh, like if I'm, when I'm evangelizing, am I just making a good sales pitch mm-hmm. or am I really preaching the gospel? And I understand that, uh, preaching the gospel, sometimes you have to overcome objections mm-hmm. 
you have to, uh, you know, answer questions and uh, present the gospel. Ask as for it the is. sale. Ask for the sale. Pre-qualify. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> so, no, that's. Oh, sorry. I know that I'm being silly, but that's to say. So there are elements in common. Mm. Yeah, and I think. I mean, depending on how you fill out what I'm about to say can make certain Christians recoil. But there is a sort of persuasive element and an artistic element to mm-hmm. evangelism. Right. So, I mean, we've talked about it before. So, what is our, our main task, our goal as, as evangelists is to make the gospel clear. Mm-hmm. So, whether or not somebody – whether or not it, it saturates their heart and they do uh, like the word says, which is to humble themselves. So – that stuff all happens between them and Jesus. And what we want to do is make no room for unclarity. I don't think that's a word, mm-hmm. but make no room for there to be, for it to be unclear. So what do we want mm-hmm. them to see? We want to see a Christian life clearly lived. And what does it mean to be a part of God's family and how does life work out and see how it's imperfect. I mean, I think that's one of the advantages we have in Norway is, is um, culturally they're so far removed from, from what, authentic discipleship of Jesus looks like. Mm. And what they have in their mind is kind of a a uh, drawn-in-crayon version of religion, right? They'll just call it religion as though religion is just one category, um, mm. which is good because we can we have the opportunity then to to show them the opposite of that. So is it is it ever the case or is it the expected case that you give your life to Jesus and then it's smooth sailing? No. I mean, we're promised lots of like we're promised hard work. Mm. We are promised uh trials. We are we are promised um uh that people are going to hate us and mock us. Mm-hmm. Like we're promised a lot of bad stuff, but we also are promised the peace and power and strength of God Almighty. So we can be in ex- so one way that that was all in service of saying one way that we can make the gospel clear is we can live it out clearly and people can see what it is that they're actually being asked to sign up for. Mm-hmm. And another way is we have constant opportunities to explain it well. I mean, mm, right. how much better can you explain the gospel, especially if you get to explain it in context of re- of real life? Mm-hmm. Someone wants to know, why'd you make that decision with your kids? Or what were you talking to your child about? Or they see Cheery get baptized and wonder, what's that about? Mm-hmm. And you can explain... Uh, explain, live out, so live out and show the gospel. But then you also have opportunities to explain it that are so much better than a two-minute, you know, uh, do you want to be with God? Where Where are you going if you die today? Not to mm. not to like uh, hate on that on that approach. Like that can be effective, mm. but I'll say just for me, that's just that's just not who I am. Like I'm not that guy. So yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll leave it. I I kind of distracted from what you were talking about. But well, no. Well, all of that to say is is that I, um, in our evangelism, um, and like in my personal evangelism, will always, 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 always like if I feel like I'm doing a sales pitch, mm-hmm. put the kibosh on it. Yeah. Like and so, I will always like steer towards the Holy Spirit actually yeah. doing the work because people like. Like you said, people can smell that. Yeah, people aren't stupid. Like they they, they know when you're trying to sell them something. Mm-hmm. And um and when you read the New Testament, it's kind of some of the things you were saying. Like uh, when they were preaching the gospel, did they get the kind of reactions that they get yeah. when you're selling something? Yeah. Like you know, being beaten and thrown in jail, right? And stoned mm-hmm. and yeah. So, um, we can expect that. And the gospel is not um, it's not a shiny new Tesla that I'm trying to sell. Mm-hmm. The gospel is offensive. And uh, what needs to happen is people's hearts need to soften to it. Mm-hmm. And the only way that's going to happen is if you actually, truly, truly care about people right. and love them and not try to sell them on something. Yeah. And so I take that uh, very seriously. Even if I'm – honestly, even if I'm doing – I'm not trying to contradict you. Yeah, of course. But even if I'm doing like 
a 15 minute, like mm-hmm. if I'm, if I walk up to someone on the street, like, and evangelize like that, uh, I think that method can be effective. Like, like, yeah, you, just course. Said, like yeah, you just sure. said, it can be. Um, so even if I'm doing that, I, um, always make it personal. Yeah. And I, I learned, um, a couple years, just a very few years ago that, um, if you want to be the opposite of shallow, it, it you have to be personal. Mm. Personal is the opposite of shallow. Yeah. So if it's 15 minutes or 15 years, mm. um, people are not projects. I don't treat them like projects. I mm. can't treat them like I don't have time. Yeah. Souls are at stake. Yeah. And so, uh, that's, uh, that's something I take very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just add, I think in the context of missional community, um, just to keep in view, this is every single member of the church, Mm -hmm. um, that we expect to be, you know, out there, um, sharing their lives with non-Christians and doing all these things. So this isn't just pastor cam who has Mm -hmm. 20 degrees and is super qualified um, this is some guy who gets saved next month. Like right. we're starting with him on this mm-hmm. path. Um, and for me, I think that's like what the, I don't know, just really exciting thing about, um, <laughs> befriending them. So that, um, story with Todd, um, how she came six years, seven years, uh, to faith into her relationship with them, um, just shows that like the, they actually spent the time. So they, they truly weren't giving her a sales pitch mm-hmm. and then got her rejection and then they like stopped spending energy on her. Right. Um, they walked with her through life for seven years and she got to see Cheery's baptized and mm-hmm. um, decisions made in the context of real life. Like yeah. things that she's going to come across in her life and that makes sense to her eyes. Um, she got to see those lived out in Todd's life. Right. And what decisions he made and got mm-hmm. to question those decisions and how he walks and through just, really hard stuff. Yeah. yeah. And just like how much, um, one it's for the lost person. It's much more relatable because mm-hmm. their eyes can see and understand the thing that's going on in a person's life. And then they might be puzzled at the decision the Christian makes. Yeah. Um, but that's where we have an opportunity to talk. Um, and then the other thing is, um, it's realistic for every single Christian. So mm-hmm. not every single member of the missional community has to be an awesome evangelist who can go and persuade people to the gospel, like yeah. who can speak with fanciful words like Paul can and everything mm-hmm. to um, like show people how beautiful the gospel is. Like don't have to be great with words. You just have to live your life right. faithfully before yeah. God and before your friend who right. isn't following with God. With failures yeah. and bruises yeah. along the way and, and live those openly and honestly too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I love that like, um, emphasis of missional community because I think that's a realistic expectation that we can have of a very early on yeah, Christian. Absolutely. Like we don't have to wait until they have the degrees and they have mm-hmm. experience and all of that, like right like, away. Yeah. Starting today, yeah. you are an open and honest Christian. Yeah. All it is is live your life faithfully before God and before others. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <done>. So, <laughs> should I go to the third one? Because I think that's the really fun, exciting one. Yeah. Oh, I thought I we were on the quote. first one. Yeah. <laughs> <but> no, <laughs> I skipped the first one. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Please. So, the third one is surrounding uh, with community. And for me, I think um, this one was like way out of nowhere. So, mm-hmm. the second one was like, wow, that emphasis was um, awesome to hear. And, you know, that's a thing I know about, but mm-hmm. to hear it emphasized so much was really. Um, eye-opening yeah but this one just my brain hadn't even considered this and then todd dropped a bomb so um some quotes he said were 
the average non-Christian is going to need to become friends with 5.3 Christians in their journey to Jesus because they need to be able to watch the life of more than one person. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to ask questions and see it worked out in the life of more than one person. And then specifically, you asked him a question Mm -hmm. and he um, responded to you like speaking to our group. He said, as amazing as each of you might be individually, that's not going to get it done. You go out, you hit the streets, you hit the campus, you hit the coffee shops as a bunch of individual missionaries. It's not going to be very fruitful. Please don't do that in the months to come. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, Todd, like for sure we won't do that. Yeah. Um, and then he said, you need to surround them with a loving community, a generous, hospitable community, a serving, blessing community. So... Yeah, have yeah. fun with that. You guys start that conversation. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, since we said this was going to be the pri- conversation we have in private, right? So we'll mm. we'll do a little bit of our uh, do a little bit of our laundry in public. <laughs> that yes. freak anyone out? Uh, yeah, you, yeah, I mean, so that's one <laughs> one of the relationships. So <laughs> we we're doing our best to live out our heart attitudes, right? And and mm-hmm. some of you may be familiar with that. Um, but one of our one of the things we talk about is how we live out community among each other is keeping our relationships clear. Mm. So if what we need to be doing in order to be effective and to be expanding the family of God is to be surrounding people with the kind of community that you just described, mm. quoting Todd, like that makes it all the more obvious how much our relationships together have to reflect oh, yeah. the love and generosity and caring and graciousness and mercy of Jesus. So we spend a lot of time talking about and reflecting on those kind of things. So mm. there are, you know, we've got 10 of us Americans here. And if mm. we show up and say, everyone should be Christians. Well, why should everyone be Christians? Well, just watch us. And then we kind of bicker and groan and, mm. and whatever. If we live petty lives among each other, then it's not possible, which is really, mm. which is really inspiring. And by the way, I don't mean to imply that we're living petty bickering lives among, among one another, but mm. just this, this fact that Bailey, that you brought up, is another means of inspiration mm. for us to say, well, no, no, this is, like we need to be the body of Christ because we're right. God honoring and because that's more useful and effective, mm-hmm. right? If what we're going to be doing is being a living witness of what Christ's body is like, then we ought to be doing that well, right? So yeah. it's not just my life, which in my, and my life is is just riddled with with failure and grossness, and so are each of ours. But you can still see in the context of community, we need to be a reflection of Jesus, not just per- with with personal holiness, there it is. Not just with personal holiness, <laughs> mm. but with the um, integrity and honesty and c- reflecting the values of Jesus of our community. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is if you look in the New Testament, uh, <laughs> uh, do you know why? Uh, just real quick, I'll ask you guys right okay. now. And if you know the answer, I, does it, it won't bother me. Is this me. a lightning round? <laughs> uh, do you know why, where the word Christian comes from? Jesus. No. That was easy. Let's move on. So the word Christian is uh, used only three times in scripture. Yep. The first place comes, it, it was a nickname given to followers of Jesus yeah. by non-Christians. Yeah, it's a denigrating term. Yeah, in, yeah. in, in Antioch, mm-hmm. uh, in the book of Acts. So uh, it was the way that their community, that was missional, obviously. If you look in the book of Acts, gosh, they couldn't go like five minutes without evangelizing anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but they also were devoted to each other. And mm-hmm. they did, it, it says in Acts 2, they committed themselves to the apostles' teaching, yeah. the breaking of bread, the singing of uh, hymns. And uh, and every day they were adding to their number those that were being saved, mm-hmm. and it was it's just interesting to me that the very first uh, couple communities of Christians, a couple thousand people, but uh, were recognized by the world to be yeah. different, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's where our name Christian comes from. Well, and that's yeah. that's the reputation that Christians had for a long time, right? So for the first mm-hmm. few centuries of the church, uh, it was not good 
to be a Christian. I mean, apart from the eternal life and living with your Savior and being mm. blessed by the presence of God for eternity, like aside from that stuff, wasn't really good to be a Christian um, because they were doing things like boiling you alive in oil and tearing you limb from limb yeah. and feeding you to lions in the Colosseum. Mm-hmm. It was bad news. But one crucified of crucified upside down, getting crucified upside down, I, it was bad. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that happened was when Christians were martyred, when they were executed for their faith, it just made more Christians, mm-hmm. and they continued to be. Uh, under intense, unthinkable persecution, right. they continue to be faithful and bless God. So the reputation of Christians, even under intense persecution, was you just can't kill them extinct. Mm. You, you kill one and you make a whole bunch more, and they are faithful and they are filled with joy, even while we're doing all of these, you know, pulling out their fingernails and doing all these, all these torture, turning them into human torches, all of these horrible, awful things that are happening for claiming the name of Christ and not submitting to an earthly king. Yeah, and I so I think I want to kind of just like vamp on that five point three Christians yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that uh, study or like I think that's a life changing statistic yeah. because that really like stuck with me. And I because I there's this other kind of phenomenon that's kind of happened, especially where we're from. And I mm-hmm. uh, I'm not criticizing like any church in particular, but yeah. I know people personally who are like this who say I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, I can worship at the beach. Well, well, yeah, California is few, full of beautiful geography. I can worship at the beach or at the or at the river or in the mountains. Just me and God. Yeah, and uh, te- yeah, technically, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have to go to a building to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be yeah. born again. But uh, if you were born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, that sentence probably wouldn't come out of your mouth. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, and it's a little harsh and. Uh, good so I, I didn't mean to offend anyone but if yeah. you're offended i would ju- i would just encourage i want to encourage you maybe to re-examine this mm-hmm. that w- christians were saved for community yeah with other christians we were not saved uh to just live in a vacuum with our bible under a tree and and just that and by ourselves and jesus just go look at how often jesus says one another right, mm-hmm. right so yeah i think it, you're right it's wholly foreign to the life of a disciple of jesus to live life alone. And it'd be, it'd be like my daughter saying, uh, I can be a part of this family without living in your house. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Right. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a sense in which that's true. You're not kicked out of the family if you, if you don't live in our home, but you're not really participating in familiness and you're, and you're missing out on what it means to be, to be a member of the family. So extend that of course, to God's family mm-hmm. and Jacob, you're just, you're just absolutely right. So I hear that. I've heard that a lot of times and, as far as it goes, yes, you can worship Jesus alone at the beach. Right. That is not the extent of your Christian life, and it yeah. should it, it absolutely should not be. You have a responsibility to your Christian community, and you have a responsibility to the lost community. And if you are not uh, living your Christian life not only with other Christians but with lost people, mm-hmm. then you just are not you are not being a so not being a disciple, you're not being a disciple of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? You're signed up for the class, but you're never showing up. They, they, yeah. You're not registering your attendance. You're not doing the. You're not doing the work that's expected well, what, of you. What do you think heaven's going to be like? Yeah. And so I, I this, and this might uh, re- cause some question marks to raise, but that's okay. I think heaven is going to be a lot more like this world than some people think, hmm. um, because human beings were always made to live on Earth, yeah. and that's that was God's initial plan. So I think heaven will be a lot like. Uh, uh, a lot more like Earth than people think. I don't mm-hmm. think of it as like this dreamy kind of like just playing harps playing, on clouds yeah. all day. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were made 
for community. In heaven, mm-hmm. we're going to be in community with the people of God. And, and in that world, yeah. uh, we'll, be, our, we'll have new bodies and our hearts will be completely like purified from sin. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be even better in that world. Yeah. But uh, for the sake of the lost and for the sake of uh, us growing now, uh, we are we are called to live in imperfect community, yeah. but we are called to practice heaven basically with each other. Yeah. You were, and, you were saved in into a family. You were not Absolutely. saved yeah. into being an orphan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'll help to wrangle us back in from the heaven conversation <laughs> into like missional community and evangelism. Um, Cause this, so this is what I see, but I imagine that you guys would see some other stuff that I don't. Um, so surrounding with community, I think in the context of evangelism and like for us specifically, like think about the Norwegians we want to go mm-hmm. and welcome into the family. Um, I think uh, the awesome part about the 5.3 Christian st- statistic is we keep talking about like the bar being raised. So like mm-hmm. for the Christian um, who has to go evangelize, um, the urgency has to be on their shoulders mm-hmm. for like, everyone has to know this good news. Um, so the weight of responsibility is really heavy on them. Yeah. And then we say, now make them your best friend. Mm-hmm. So now the weight is way heavier mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, now I'm like, not just, I know I should care, but like, I really care about this person right. getting saved. Yes. Um, and then for me that this is what like the beautiful conclusion to missional community surrounding with community is, mm-hmm. um, is we build up this responsibility for the Christian and then we say, now surround them with community. Mm. And the responsibility is all dispersed mm-hmm. across the community. So it's not on the Christian shoulders to be the single, like, pro um, Swiss army knife, like, yeah. right. um, able to handle every circumstance of someone's life. It's like, no, bring them into the, have them over for game night yeah. and play cards with them so that they can get to know your brothers. Mm-hmm. And where your brothers relate to them, like, that's where they'll help them to grow yeah. closer to Jesus. Where you relate to them, that's where you can. Yeah. Where yeah. your wife can and give them notes on like how to handle girls because we <laughs> obviously don't know how to do that. Yeah. So yeah. we both married way up. I think yeah, we true. might mm-hmm. have some good advice. <laughs> yeah. We all three married way up. Yeah, yeah I was Jacob gonna was say married. like what the heck? <laughs> Jared, Jacob married the most up, maybe of all yeah. of us. I mar- yeah, I married way up. So yeah, that's true. I think no, I think it's the favor of God is what that is. I don't think it's any wisdom with us. Yeah, <laughs> that that you know, in fact, my marriage is the biggest proof of divine determinism that there, that there ever existed. <laughs> but just so, what do you guys think about like that whole? I don't. I love yeah. missional community matching with evangelism. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a perfect marriage. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Come well, on. here's what I think. I know. I know somebody like personally back in the U.S who attends, uh, who is not a Christian. I, I don't know if he's a Christian yet, mm-hmm. but, uh, he was attending, uh, like our young adults group. Yeah. And I got the chance to, uh, I got the opportunity to share the gospel with him. He asked me some Bible question. Mm-hmm. And if you guys know anything about me, you know, I like to take Bible questions <laughs> and steer them back towards the gospel. He might not have even asked you. He may no, have he just, did. he may have wondered it in his mind and you perceiving his thoughts. <laughs> No, he, okay. <laughs> my gosh, Cam. <laughs> I don't just do that to people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. okay. No, I don't. Okay. okay. So he, 
Okay. It's, I don't know how to tell the story now. Yes, so, Jacob, we all believe he really asked you a Bible question. <laughs> I perceived his thoughts and uh, he uh, asked me a question. Yeah. So I got to share the gospel with him is the point. But what's yeah. been interesting is uh, visiting the young adults group. He, mm-hmm. he keeps coming back. Yeah. And he keeps coming back and he keeps getting plugged in and he keeps helping out and stuff. And I noticed all this before we left for Norway. And in my mind, I'm like, that dude's getting saved for yeah. sure. I know that he's heard the gospel. I know that he's heard it multiple times probably mm-hmm. since uh, I talked to him. But he's in a community that cares about him, yes. that loves him, and um, I, in my mind, I'm like, it might. So it might be tomorrow, mm-hmm. it might be a year, year from now. But like that guy's getting saved. Yeah, and he's he's sure. among a community that's a reflection of the nature of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so I, for me, I I just think that's like more essential than ever is mm-hmm. like seeing the because I liked what you said where it's like now. Instead of it being on one Christian's shoulders to mm. be the Swiss Army knife for every, gosh, every possible struggle that a human being can mm-hmm. struggle with, like think, like think about your own life for a second and like how many different kinds of problems you have. Yeah. And so instead of all that being on one guy's shoulders to kind of be the comfort and the counsel for all those separate mm-hmm. problems, mm. now they're in a community with like several people, five point three Christians, <laughs> um, who can all shoulder those burdens together with yeah. them and mm. encourage that person and pick them up. And you know what? It's all built on the rock solid foundation of the gospel right. and what Jesus mm. did for us. Yeah. And so I think that and th- these are some of the things that we were talking about when we were talking about evangelism, is that the church should be characterized everything the church does should be characterized by a furtherance of the gospel and evangelism and uh what's so attractive to me about missional community is that's it Mm. like when i hear you talk about it like the things that excite you about it when i heard todd talk Mm -hmm. about it i'm like this is it this this is a church driven by the furtherance of the gospel and mission and every like everything the church does, like a game night, like uh, if they have to get a building and do like the Sunday service, mm-hmm. a youth group, everything, a barbecue, yeah. everything that they do is driven by the furtherance of the gospel. And right. discipleship. Well, yeah, because we sincerely love the world and the people in it. And we do our utmost with power, with the power and strength of the Holy spirit to see them through God's eyes and for our hearts to break like his does at them, at the world, just kind of, you know, sliding down the slide on their way to a s- eternal separation from mm. God. And we want, like God gives us the opportunity to join him on the mission of gathering them up and like stopping their inevitable, their inevitable conclusion of eternal separation from God. Like he involves us in that work mm. and then says, let's, let's do it in community because nobody, nobody was made to be alone. God, like God himself isn't alone. Like God is a community is crazy, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. but um, no one was, <laughs> why do you explain that? Yeah. No one was meant to be alone or to, to be like, you should be nobody's some, my relationship with God should never go through you. And someone mm-hmm. else's relationship with God mm-hmm. should never go through Bailey or through Jacob or through Motown or through Alan. Um, yes, we will introduce them to Jesus but we have the opportunity as a community to welcome them into the family and you lessen the likelihood that that, that happens. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that. I have. I, there have been people in my life who, um, when our lives went separate directions, they just abandoned God. Mm-hmm. And there's something – and that's not to say that I, <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm a guru or something. No, 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 no. What that What that means is that there's something about the social aspect of whatever our church was – whatever church was doing that – they didn't want to lose 
And then when that was gone or when that social aspect was lost, then they got rid of God too, which mm-hmm. makes me question rightly, I think, whether mm-hmm. they ever knew God in the first place. Right. Like mm-hmm. when, when the social stuff goes and then there goes your devotion to God, it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. it's, we were doing that backwards. It should like if the social stuff goes, then we should be so hungry and starving for community of God that we do something about it, not go, well, you know, I'll just, I'll detach that. I'll unscrew the bolts uh, from my life and just put the whole God and church stuff mm-hmm. over there and it doesn't weigh me down anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Can we kind of spend some time in that world a little <laughs> bit? Because, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, that's interesting to me. I, if I if I want to kind of speculate a little bit like yeah. why that would happen, mm-hmm. um, it would probably be because the foundation was merely the social stuff yeah. and not... And not um, enough emphasis or any emphasis like on the gospel and that real personal relationship kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, well, yeah. So I, I don't want to be, guessing, I want, don't yeah. want to be too heavily critical, mm-hmm. but I think what can happen is we can sincerely, <clears throat> I think we, mm, I want to be very careful. How I say this. Yeah. So I don't think that we have to say that, um, the relationship with fake was fake or nobody meant it or whatever. What I do mean is I think we can worship things other than God and feel like they feel like we're worshiping God. Or we can be devoted to the program we're a part of. So it could be devoted to the production team. And what I'll do is in order to feel good about my uh, – or not good, maybe in order to feel right or as a way to um, – I don't know how to explain it. But I'm going to be I'm gonna be involved in production, audio, video sure. at the church. Mm-hmm. And what comes with that is, okay, there's all this church stuff you have to do too. So we pray together and we sing together. And there are all these expectations that that are um, put upon you in community with Christian people. And so what we'll do is adopt all of those because we really like the serving part. Mm-hmm. And then what happens mm-hmm. is when that when that relationship uh, in the serving the serving aspect, when that component is broken, then it's easy to sort of get rid of the social stuff because what you did was you attached that in order to maybe feel sincere or better about or whatever. So I, that's all to say I don't think – um, that you need to lack sincerity in order for this phenomenon to occur. Sure. Like, I don't think yeah. it needs to be the, the case that um, the thing, I'm t- the bad thing that I'm talking about where mm-hmm. someone has a relationship with God through you. And then when your personal relationship takes, uh, you know, parts ways like it does with people that mm-hmm. when your personal relationship goes another direction um, that then their, their relationship with God is broken. I don't think you have to lack sincerity in the initial relationship in order mm-hmm. for that to happen. I think you'd be absolutely sincere, but I think you can also fail to get it and not really realize what you're doing or why you're doing it here. I mean, I have a lot of friends from church in the past who have walked away, like people who have been pillars in the church mm. who have walked away from a discipleship rela- relationship with Jesus. They've embraced nonsense. They've, um, they've embraced worldliness. Yeah. And, uh, that's not to say I haven't, but when I embrace worldliness, like it breaks my heart and I need to go to Jesus and and live in his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know plenty of people who, they don't. Jesus just isn't a part of their life anymore. And that's surprising and shocking to me, but that's what happens when I think, uh, uh, let me say this differently. I think that engaging people in community with the gospel as the foundation, as the bedrock, as you were talking about, Jacob, like if gospel and being a member of God's family and now having a new name and being identified as children of the King. If all that stuff is on the bottom, then it's a, it's, that's hard to throw out because it's on the bottom, right? Mm. (laughs) You can't, you can't knock it down. You can knock everything else down and that's what's still there. So, um, 
so yeah, I know you said you wanted to park out on this a little bit and I'm like, I'm, I'm super glad to, but I think that's just kind of what I was, what I was talking about is, is to be, be careful about that. So if we, if someone is our project and then that relationship either goes sour or parts ways or you, you move to different places or whatever, there are lots of reasons Mm -hmm. that you don't maintain the same intensity and the same quality of relationship with people. But if that changes and then so goes the relationship with God, that's just, that's tragic. Mm -hmm. So in the context of community, there's less, I think, of an opportunity for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I'm a Christian because I love to sing on Bailey's worship team. And I can sincerely do and, and believe the Christian stuff. Right. But it's also kind of easy to slice off, right? Mm-hmm. When it's that, like it's an appendage I can get rid of if, uh, if ever that relationship changes. Yeah. Oh, well, that's – yeah. So I, I, I wasn't trying to apply that. It was because of like insincerity. Yeah, of course but it's not. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's kind of like um, – uh, it's really interesting interesting to me that the para, uh, Sermon on the Mount ends with Jesus' story about the two houses on two different mm-hmm. foundations. Yeah. And so uh, and so that's kind of where my mind was going. Right, was course. like so if the foundation maybe was made of sand and mm-hmm. the when the wind comes, right. it immediately just like falls over. Um, but I think, you know, our foundation uh, needs to be set on the rock of the gospel. And yeah. that's all hinging on Jesus. So um, that's interesting. I want to spend time in philosophy. Yeah, about that. no, yeah, we should probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, uh, we normally have this in private, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that yeah, at some point. And, uh, cause I don't know, I don't know how to solve it, that problem. I'm just yeah. speculating right now, like maybe of some reason. Yeah. Well, I think we can get to that at some point, but let's yeah, we'll yeah. whip it back around to kind of what Bailey sure. was saying was the excite, exciting part that we get to be involved in the work as a team mm. and that I don't have to be expected to meet all of a new believer's needs mm. um, because I, I, I shouldn't be and I can't be. And if you shouldn't have just one person in your life who meets all of your spiritual needs. So if that's your pastor, you need more Christians in your life. Yeah. Your pastor will not meet all of your spiritual needs um, or even all of your personal needs. Like you need, there's, you can't have a, like think of one person who's going to be your financial advisor and your marriage counselor and your therapist mm-hmm. and your Bible teacher and your best friend <laughs> and your accountability buddy. And like, you mm-hmm. can't just, there's yeah. no one person who can do those things or the, the one who helps you when you're in a jam or helps you to see the world clearly. Like you can't just have one, one person, one dude, yeah. one, one dudette who does all of those yeah. things. Um, like we need, we need community of each other. That's all founded on worshiping Jesus. Yeah. So when you do that, it's then you don't need one dude to do all those things. We can trust everybody, in so far as we can trust broken humans. But we can trust everybody to have everybody's best interest in mind. And that's we talked about the heart heart attitudes earlier. Like the first one is to prioritize other people's needs and and desires and goals above your own. Mm-hmm. Like if we're all doing that, then. Again, yeah, it's terrifying because it means I have to make way less of myself. But it also means – it's also exciting because it means we can do the work together and we're we're stronger, right? Like mm-hmm. all of our – I don't have to be all the things. I can let Bailey's um, – I can let Bailey's gifts go to work and Jacob's gifts go to work and my gifts go to work. And then we can each also hopefully have some overlap such that whatever our challenges are, we can be building each other up rather than just like making photo – like making a – photocopy disciple of myself with all of my same yeah. <laughs> with all my same weaknesses yeah well and i think just um when you're talking about the example that we see like when people have a relationship with one christian yeah um i was thinking of just how much more so it's better for the christian um mm-hmm. weight is off their shoulders more but um for the person um 
it's way better for them just by being surrounded with people because yeah. we have just like looking at the numbers or like looking at the math, um, Alan can go to the gym with them right. once a week. If they need to borrow a car, they can borrow your car. Mm-hmm. If they need to borrow Jake's razor, they can borrow Jake's razor. Like, mm-hmm. um, if it's just me in there, yeah, no one person is going to ask just me, right. like for all of those things. And then or what, even if he, if they did. what if that person has conflict with you? Yeah, and it's like really struggling. Yeah, I really need to. I'm struggling with this thing with with Bailey. How do yeah. I? Then like, he doesn't have a car, a gym, or a razor. It doesn't yeah. have a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think just like seeing that for the Christian, yeah. the weight that we've put on your shoulders is reduced, mm-hmm. and then for the lost person, like we're actually able to more effectively um, just be there with you in your life as you need help and as you need encouragement and all the things that Christians ought to be blessed in the world Yeah, and we can all agree the stuff on the bottom. So Mm -hmm. when we're failing, as we're going to do, like when we're failing at doing all of the commands that Jesus called us to, um, we can do it together, but in good faith, all agreeing with the bedrock stuff. Mm -hmm. And we we have then, we have a a common standard that we can all hold each other accountable to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, sorry. There's just, there's just so much to say there, but like, <laughs> like yippy Christian community, but um, but yeah, that's exciting. And then remember, remember that Todd's um, the figure that Todd was citing was it takes five point some number of believer like on the on someone's path to salvation. Yeah, yep. There are five point three Christians. So yes, it's true that community has to happen after that fact, but also we all have the opportunity to lovingly influence somebody. You talked about that earlier, Jacob, about winning influence. Like we want to, we said win hearts. Mm. So earn influence with people because they can, they see what a life lived with Jesus looks like and they can see it consistently in life Mm. after life after life. And I know I've, I've sort of skipped off of this topic a couple of times, but it's like, I think a lot of that happens during failure and struggle and trial. Mm -hmm. So they can see how Bailey or Jacob or whoever deals with this really difficult thing with the power of the Holy spirit and the wisdom of Jesus and the, the favor and grace of God. Mm-hmm. They can see what that looks like. Well, it's yeah. not just, mm-hmm. uh, and you, see you love us in the midst of it. Yes. And yeah. watch us. Be, and so they can see what community looks like. They can see what individual life well lived looks like and get a consistent witness. And the witness is not, you become a Christian. Now you're, you're morally perfect, mm-hmm. but it's you, um, God adopts you into his family. And you have a new family who loves and cares for you, albeit imperfectly, but in in the way that like humanity was designed and made mm. to reflect the nature of God from eternity past. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, a theme. Whatever eternity past, means. whatever eternity past means. <laughs> uh, but that's, I mean, a theme like consistent throughout the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And James and Paul both talk about confess your sins to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galatians six one. I love it. So, Celebrate recovery. Uh, it's one of our steps. Yeah. Um, but uh, you, brothers, you who are, if any one of you is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, um, but watch yourselves because you also might be tempted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, part of, you know, not pretending like we're perfect or have every answer to mm-hmm. like every, li- all of life's problems is definitely one of, uh, one of the aspects of the community that Jesus brought us, what Christ brought us. And so mm-hmm. um, I hope, you guys are digging this as much as we are uh, because we're totally sold uh, on no. this method and we're really enjoying it. And if you look at places in the world like in China, right, where Christianity, you know, is illegal, mm-hmm. uh, there mm-hmm. the 
underground church is exploding out there and it's because of community and yeah. we feel like that's what's going to work out here we have a lot to learn this is not like a, a you know something that we're, we're for sure is the answer and we're just coming in and kicking the doors down we have a lot to learn from oh, our man. regions and from each other uh but it's our conviction that uh, this is the model of church uh, that we're going to pursue out yeah. here and that and that we believe in. So uh, we hope this was informative to you guys. And we'll be talking about that a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more episodes to come. <laughs> so God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.